most Christians know they should share their faith with those who do not yet know Jesus, but learning how to witness effectively can be challenging. After all, we are broken, sinful people just like the people we strive to witness to. How can we recognize the lost people the Lord puts in our life? Why is prayer so important? And how do we know if someone we are witnessing to needs to hear the law or the gospel? When do we share the law, and when do we share the gospel? My guest today is Reverend Dr. Mark Wood. He serves in the LCMS Office of National Mission as the director of the Witness and Outreach Ministry. He's also the author of Connected to Christ, Witnessing in Everyday Life. This is Kay Meyer, president of Family Shield Ministries, and your host for today's program. Thanks, Reverend Wood, for being our guest today on Family Shield. Oh, it's always a pleasure to be with you. Thanks for inviting me. You're welcome. So why did you write this book, Connected to Christ, Witnessing in Everyday Life? Well, it it actually isn't a book I wanted to write, um, and I had in mind to write this sort of magnus opus, everything I know about evangelism, a theological treatment, answering all the deep, burning questions uh, that people may or may not have. Uh, but when I approached Concordia Publishing House with my proposal, they said, well, you know, what we really would like you to do is write a short book that people will read and can help them in very practical ways. Um, so that that was very appealing, too, uh, even though it may not have been what I had in mind. Uh, and I found that writing a short book is a lot more work than writing a long book. Yes, uh, it is. You're right. <laughs> But it, uh, it, it's what we needed. You know, it's, uh, so many people are just confounded and confused and frightened or, you know, reluctant to witness. And I wanted to write something to be encouragement to people, give them practical ideas on how to be the witnesses they're called to be. That's great. Well, your book has two parts. Part one, what? Me? A witness? And part two, how do I witness? Today we're going to focus most of our time on part two. But as we begin, let's talk about how we, as broken, sinful people, share Christ with other broken people. And I think that's a really key point. Uh, Sometimes we have this idea that in order to be an effective witness of Jesus, I, I have to have my act together. I have to be a good and righteous person. Uh, I can't have any problems, uh, you know, and, and then, of course, all of us fail th- that test, and then we feel like, well, I'm just not worthy of being a witness. Um, but as I point out in the book, Jesus said in Acts 1-8, you will be my witnesses. Uh, that's not a question. That's a statement of fact. Um, and he, he takes the broken. He, he takes the people who have you know, fallen down, and he's picked up by his grace. It makes good use of us as we engage people around us who are just as broken, uh, but don't have the hope and the joy and the peace of Christ that we have. Mm-hmm. Very, very much so. So um, I do want to focus today uh, most of our time on part two, how do I witness? So how do we recognize the lost people the Lord puts in our life? Well, it, there's certainly an abundance of them, uh, and you know we, we can pretty much guess the st- statistically that somewhere around 80% of the people around us don't have faith in Jesus. 
some of them may have been connected to the church at some time in the past. Others you know, have never had a connection. So the way that we, we uh, really get to know whether somebody is a Christian or not is just by our relationship with them, just mm-hmm. using that relationship to have conversations, getting to know them, understand them, learn about them, uh, listen to their story, ask questions to, to learn more about their story, and it'll come out, you know, what they believe, what their worldview is, uh, the things they're struggling with, all those things will come out. And it'll be pretty clear whether they're Christians or not Christians. Mm-hmm. You know, there's few people in the world today that I talk to that don't have some background in the church most of the time, the Christian church. Um, but a lot of times it's very limited. They went to Sunday school a few times when they were young, or they went a couple times when they were adults. Uh, so it's it's hard when we uh, try to uh, witness to people. Sometimes, many times, they think they are Christians just because their parents maybe were Christians, or uh, they went to church, and that just means that they're a Christian. It's hard because, as you said, you have to listen to them to find out, well, they were Christmas and Easter people, or maybe not even that much. So it's challenging as we listen to uh, to build that relationship and make sure they share enough so that we know enough to, to talk to them about Christ. Um, yeah, the Probably one of the hardest things we do as witnesses is listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's challenging, and yet that's really the starting point of our witness is to listen. And uh, we, you know, we have this wonderful good news to share with people, and we're eager to share it. And, and we just want to get to the speaking part. <laughs> um, but as you know, one of the Bible quotes I have in the book is from Proverbs. It says, "If you if you shout blessings to your neighbor early in the morning, they'll be heard as curses." <laughs> Uh, you know, some people it's are true. not ready to hear the yes. news we have. Absolutely, you know? yeah. Absolutely. And um, you know, they'll just dismiss it as religious nonsense, mm-hmm. or you're being holier than thou, or whatever. So by listening, we we understand where people are at, and uh, by learning their story, we find a point of connection to Jesus' story that's going to be meaningful for them. That they'll, you know, we can't make God's word more relevant. It's absolutely relevant, but we can find the parts of God's Word that are especially, you know, of interest to the people that we're witnessing to. And in such a vast, beautiful, rich story, there's bound to be something in there that we, if we know the story well, that we can share with people uh, that will connect very well with their story. You bet. Yes. I always say start with prayer. <laughs> pray for God to open doors. Pray for the Lord to help you uh, learn more about them. Why is prayer so important as we begin the witnessing process? I think it's important for two reasons. One is it it, it takes the focus off of me mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm not some kind of super witness because I bring people to Christ. Uh, you know, it's it's I'm totally dependent upon the Holy Spirit to work faith when and where He wills. My, that's not my role, so I, I don't want this to be about me. You know, I, and, and that's a, prayer is always bringing us to the point of understanding 
who we are in Christ, you know, and who God is and what he's done for us. And um, the other thing about prayer is that it reminds us that this is not an intellectual battle. This is not a cultural battle. Uh, this is a spiritual battle. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, praying that the Lord would guide us, protect us, you know, you know, protect us from that enemy, restrain that enemy, help free these people who are captive to the enemy. You know, it's prayer is part of that spiritual warfare mm-hmm. that witnessing is definitely um, an element of, and, and, and we need to be prepared to be witnesses, fully aware that we're engaged in the spiritual battle. Great. Yes, very much so. Uh, and and it certainly the Lord uh, can touch people's hearts just as we pray and the, the Lord touches them or maybe helps them ask a question or respond to a question that helps us. So why should we understand how the other person connects and communicates? I found that that question in your book very interesting so that we think about how a person connects and communicates. So many people have different skills in communication. Talk a little bit more about that. And that, yeah, that's a, a really challenging thing for us too, because we all have our, our comfortable way of connecting and communicating. Um, I use the alliteration head, heart, and hands to describe the three different ways that we do connect and communicate. We are, we are all some part of head, heart, and hands. You know, we're, we're, in, we're the whole of us, but there's one that tends to dominate. And for me, for example, I'm, I'm more of a head person. I'm just, I like ideas. I, I can carry on a discussion. You know, apologetics is interesting to me. Um, we, can, we can talk about truth. But if I'm talking to somebody who's more of a heart person, whose focus is more about connections with other people, relationships, how they feel, wanting a sense of hope, uh, they're analyzing things from a, a more emotional perspective. If, I, if I'm up there in my head talking to them and, and they're receiving it in the heart, we kind of we have a bit of a disconnect there. I need to adjust my perspective to line up with their perspective. And of course, that listening is the first way that we begin to understand Am I engaging with a head, a heart, or a hands person? And then uh, make that conscious effort to meet them where they're at and to communicate in a way that they're most comfortable communicating. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Very good. Very good. Well, let's, uh, you talk about the farmer that planted seed in his field from Matthew 13. And then I saw Mark 4, uh, 2 to 9 also talks about that as, as well as in Mark 4, 3 to 20. Uh, talk a little bit more about that because you you bring up the fact that this is talking about how we witness, and I really like that. I think the agricultural analogies are wonderful, even even though most of us don't live in agricultural communities anymore. We we can still relate to them, and um, you know the idea that we 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 tell someone about Jesus and they instantly come to faith uh, really creates a, a, an, an unrealistic expectation. And so Jesus making use of these agricultural analogies reminds us that this calls for patience. Um, and each of us have different roles, 
and, and my role may be planting, uh, my, or, or my role may be the watering, the nurturing of the soil, or my role may be the harvest. Uh, but it's not for me to decide. The, the Lord of the harvest is the one who's chosen my role. And, uh, and that role may change in different relationships with different people. And so Amos 9, 3 is one of my favorite pictures of this in the Bible. It's, it, uh, it roughly says uh, that a time is coming when the, um, the reapers will overtake the sowers and they'll rejoice together. And uh, so sometimes we think, well, I'm not, I'm not having much of an impact as a witness. I, I don't see any people coming to faith in Jesus. I don't even, they don't even seem very interested. But that seed that's been planted... You know, if I happen to be called to be a sower in that process, that seed that's been planted has a promise of God attached to it, that his word will accomplish what he purposes for it. I may not see that personally, uh, and and somebody else may come along and be the nurturer, and somebody else may come along and be the harvester, Mm -hmm. but we do have that, that expectation that one day, you know, after this world has ended, we'll see the full harvest, and uh I think that's going to be a day of, of just marvelous rejoicing uh, among people who were witnesses of Jesus who didn't get to see the results in this world mm. and are going to see the results in the life to come mm-hmm. as we gather around the throne of heaven. And uh, there's this incountable number of people, some of whom you know, are there because, as a witness, someone planted the seed mm-hmm. and someone else came along and nurtured it. And then the Holy Spirit used that to create faith. Yes, very good. Yes. I have a few announcements I want to make, and then we'll come back and continue discussing your book, Connected to Christ, Witnessing in Everyday Life. Family Shield Ministries cares about families growing in Christ and equips them to witness to each other and to the world. The Family Shield radio program is aired on more than 50 stations throughout the United States. We also produce a weekly podcast that you can subscribe to and receive on your computer or cell phone. This week, we're giving away the Family Shield booklet, How to Share Our Faith in Daily Life. To receive this complimentary booklet, call the Response Center, 1-877-250-8416, or email us at witness2family at gmail.com. You can also download this booklet on our website, www.familyshieldministries.com. We encourage you to sign up to receive our complimentary email newsletter or connect to us through Facebook. As a listener-supported ministry, your prayers and financial support are critical. Please consider a financial gift. Your support allows us to continue to share the saving gospel message with listeners through this program in your community. Send gifts to Family Shield Ministries, 7045 Parkwood Street, St. Louis, Missouri, 63116. Another way listeners can support us is to designate your Thrivent Choice dollars to support Family Shield Ministries. Go to www.thrivent.com slash thriventchoice or call them 1-800-847-4836 and one of their employees will help you. Now I want to go back to the program. My guest, again, is Reverend Mark Wood. We're talking about his book, Connected to Christ, Witnessing in Everyday Life. 
The book is produced by Concordia Publishing House, and you can order it at www.cph.org. I'm sure it's also available on Amazon and other places. Is that correct, Mark? Yes, uh, actually, I think that there's a Kindle version even oh, good. On, on Amazon. Wonderful. Great book. Uh, I, I really uh, enjoyed reading it and learning more about what you share. And one of the things that was just, I think of this all the time when I'm talking to people, but I don't think I've ever written it or even taught it. And that is so critical. I don't know how I skipped it. How do we know if those we witness to need the law or gospel? I think of that all the time in my mind when I'm talking to people, but I have never used that when I'm teaching. And I'm like, shame on me. That's terrible. So let's talk for a minute about when do we share the law and when do we share the gospel? Really critical for helping people learn how to respond uh, effectively. When do we share the law? Why do people need to hear the law before they hear the gospel? Well, the, you know, the law is for those who are secure in their sins. And the, and the reason we want to share the law is that if, if somebody is not aware that they're sinful and in need of forgiveness, the message of forgiveness means nothing to them. So the law needs to do its work to pave the way for the gospel. And and so when I ask people, you know, they'll say, you know, the Bible tells us that we're to speak the truth in love, right? And they'll say, yes, okay. So now which is truth, law or gospel? Hmm. And, of course, that's a, that's a rhetorical question, <laughs> really, because hmm. we know that both are truth. I say, well... Okay, I'm sure it's not difficult for you to share the gospel in love, but have you thought about what it means to share the law in love? And this is the challenge that, that we face, is we think the law is, you know, the, because it's condemning, because it, it points out our sins and shows us how we've fallen short, that we shouldn't, we shouldn't speak it, uh, because that's not loving. But when the rich young ruler came to Jesus and asked, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus asked him, you know, what does the law say? And when he says, well, all these things I've kept from my, from my youth, the, the next verse is really telling. It says, Jesus looked at him, loved him, and then said, well, what he said after that was a big heaping helping of law. I mean, crushing law. In fact, the man went away dejected because the law had condemned him. And and, you know, you think about, what well, Jesus, was that really loving? Well, in this case, yes, very much, because the law had not yet done its work. He was still thinking that he was righteous in God's sight. And uh, Jesus was opening the way for the gospel. Now, we don't know the rest of the story. Did, did, it, did man eventually hear the gospel or, or not? But in our relationships with the people we're witnessing to, we share the law in order to open up the doors to the gospel and uh, make sure that the, that the people are ready to hear the gospel and they just don't dismiss it. Mm -hmm. Or just say, yeah, sure, I know I'm a sinner, and yet, you know, some of the sins they're committing, they're not recognizing as sin. And this is a big problem for us in our contemporary culture. Yes. Uh, for several reasons. One is we're into our third generation of Americans now who have no real experience in the Church. They, they have not been raised in the Church. They've not been catechized. 
in the church instead of being catechized by the culture. Mm-hmm. And the culture says, your truth is your truth. You know, and many of the things we know to be sinful and that God has called out very specifically as sin, the culture has said, no, mm-hmm. these are fine, these are good. And people don't even know that they're sinners. They think that they're good people and righteous people and that they're loving people because they accept all these different lifestyles and attitudes and understanding of life that are really sinful. Mm-hmm. And so speaking the law in love doesn't mean that people are going to love us for speaking it. <laughs> no, but they do have to understand their sinners and need the Savior because there's there's only one way to get rid of our sin, and that's through faith in Christ. So let's talk a little bit more about when someone needs to hear the gospel. Maybe I could share a, a quick story. I've been mentoring a young woman who was involved with a cult that told her if she confessed a sin and then sinned again, that same sin, she wasn't forgiven, and they told her she could be perfect. And when I talked to her just a few weeks ago, of course, we talked about eternal life as a free gift. Our faith is, you know, free in Christ. I didn't have to tell her a whole lot about sin. She was burdened down with her sins because she didn't think there was any way to get rid of them. And uh, and and yet, you know, here was the sweet message of the gospel. Uh, you are forgiven because of Christ. Uh, your f- sins are forgiven because of Christ. And um, it was so freeing for her. I mean, she literally had tried to commit suicide about a year ago uh, because of this group and what they were doing. And it was the very first time she was away from the controlling group and people. And it was the beginning of her healing for her. But um, this young 24-year-old woman didn't need more law she needed to hear the the sweet message of the gospel and she is so thankful and we're still mentoring her you know we're not we're not complete in any of that but that was just an example of someone that understood she was a sinner and didn't think there was any way to get forgiveness and yet I think it's a great a great example of how important listening is. Oh, gosh. Yeah. You listened to her. You learned her story. You knew that the law had already done its work. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was your indication, it's time to share the gospel. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was, you it was beautiful. Someone. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was and beautiful. It, and that's what, we, that's what we hope to do. That's what we want to do. We're eager to share the gospel. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we don't want to share it in a way that's going to be dismissed. As I, I, I think of Jesus' statement of, don't cast your pearls before swine. Um, don't share the gospel with someone who's secure in their sin. They're mm-hmm. just going to treat it like trash. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but that listening and asking and learning the other person's story is such a critical part of knowing, do I, do I share the law or do I share the gospel? Yeah. You know, and, and that's part of that learning is also seeking the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So pray to the Spirit and say, Give me the insight. Give yeah. me the wisdom to know. Sure. You know, should I share the law? Or should I share the gospel? Right. And, so, uh, but either way, always share it in love. Always share it in love. Absolutely. So, talk about the three uses of the law. Well, the you know the the first use is that civil order. You know the way that uh, 
called a curb because it keeps us under control as a society that applies to all people. And uh, it's just a good gift of God for order in our world. Uh, the second use is the mirror, and uh, it, it's intended to show us our sins and our need for a Savior. And the third use of the law is the uh, guide. You know, now that once we've come to faith in Christ, how do we live our lives in response to his love and grace? And so we talk about sharing the law in witnessing. We're really more in the realm of the second use of the law, the mirror. And uh, I, like to, I like to picture this for people. I say there's two ways to hold that mirror. One is just to hold it out in front of you and put it in a person's face and say, look at you, you're a sinner. But the other way is to hold it up like you would take like taking a selfie. And, uh, and in that selfie, it's you and the other person. You say, look what this mirror of the law is showing us. We're broken. We're sinners. We're in need of a Savior. And that, I think, is really the way to share the law and love, is that we, we share it in a way that we don't come across as, I've got it together. I'm, I'm a good person. Um, but you need this. You need to be, you know, condemned. No, it, it condemns us all. Very good. Thank you so much. Our time is just about up. We have two minutes left. I wanted to ask, uh, and I don't know if we'll have time, maybe you can do it really quickly, what you mean when you say don't just speak about the gospel, speak the gospel. It is for him or her. I that We just have to end on that. Can you uh, answer that for our listeners and help them understand yeah, just, that? Just briefly, make sure that when you when you speak the gospel, you're not just telling a story about Jesus, but you're bringing the gospel to the person so they understand that Jesus died for you. I mean, those, those two words are so important. That this is for you. Jesus has taken away your sins. Jesus has made eternal life for you. It's not just for the whole world. It's for you. That's wonderful. Thank you so much. Uh, again, my guest has been Reverend Mark Wood, his book, Connected to Christ, Witnessing in Everyday Life. There was so much more we didn't get to, and I do recommend it. And you can get it through Concordia Publishing House and several other uh, venues. Uh, this is Kay Meyer with Family Shield. If you want to learn more about Family Shield, go to our website at www.familyshieldministries.com. Again, we're giving away the book, How to Share Our Faith in Daily Life. And you can download that on our website. Uh, we have lots of people doing that as well, or we can mail these out to you. Um, just uh, kind of basics about sharing our faith and uh, very different from witness uh, connected to Christ, witnessing in everyday life. I really loved yours, Mark, because you get into some things that we need to talk about, and uh, uh, we haven't done it uh, too much ourselves. So thank you so much. Uh, this is Kay Meyer with Family Shield. And uh, thanks for listening. You've been listening to Family Shield, a production of Family Shield Ministries. Its mission is to educate and equip people through the power of the gospel to know Christ, grow in his word, and to strengthen individuals and their families. To learn how you can obtain resources or support the ministry, go to www.familyshieldministries.com or write Family Shield Ministries, 7045 Parkwood Street, St. Louis, Missouri, 63116. And tune in again next week for Family Shield.